Pitch by Scherzer. Outside, and it gets away from the catcher, Will Smith. Tommy Edmonds scores. Down to second goes Paul Goldschmidt. one nothing Cardinals. Fly ball to left. It's got a chance, and it is gone. A home run. Justin Turner with one mighty wallop into the Dodger bullpen. The score is tied at one. Two balls and a strike to count on Taylor. Reyes fires. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. This is what's back. You want the ball. Chris Taylor. We can be heroes. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Never in doubt. ESPN 1100-100.9 FM. Calm, calm night at the Grainy House last night. Barely uh, barely had any emotion. Oh, I'm excited. It's a fun day. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun day. Uh, obviously, I'm completely lying about that last part. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start it because uh, I've got something to tell you. The first bite. Hold on, Jared. Don't read the first bite. What do you have to tell okay. us? So... The wife did not know it was the playoffs last night because she, she did. How did she not know it was because, the playoffs? Because she tries not to listen to me about the Dodgers anymore because she's just despised at how much I watch them. Uh, so I said, it's the one-game playoff. If they lose, they go home. She goes, oh, my God, is this another night where we have to turn the TV on and off? And you're walking around the house in a maze calling people stiffs and bums. She goes, is this another night where you're pausing the TV and, and only watching out of one eye? So she, she knows the routine. But she has to say it out loud just to believe me. That, I can't that believe happens. she didn't know it was the playoffs. No. I mean, she might have known. She, I, I remind her she acted like she's like, like you said, I mentioned the Dodgers and she turns me off. She doesn't even listen anymore. And yet she sat down and watched the game with me. She did? Yeah. What, well, is she, what we does she going, do when you pause it? Okay, so we're going between when he hit the, when they did the wild pitch for 1-0, uh, turned to Netflix to watch something because I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> then when I saw, and then I went back and, you know, fast forwarded. And I saw Turner's home run. I said, okay, uh, something good happened. Can't go back to Netflix. And she was watching one of her shows. She was completely depressed. She's like, it's only, it's not even like late in the game. Can we just go back? I said, no, because something good happened. We're staying with this. <laughs> so she kind of stayed there. She's on her phone most of the time. And then eventually she looked up when, uh, then like around the eighth or ninth, and she watched the rest. Oh, man. What a nightmare for you. I can't oh. imagine that. I just, you're a nightmare watching these. Yes. The, I'm not the way you lie. watch these is the, it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world. Are we going to keep turning the TV on and off and you did walk you, around the house? Did you, in fact, see the Chris Taylor yeah, walk yeah, off yeah. live? Watched like, it. you didn't, you weren't no. paused having to no. catch up. Okay. Watched it. No. You, you saw that live. Yes. Okay. Yes. Watch checking. It. All right. I'll read the first bite for Jared now. Do, it's like my one job. Do you owe Cody Bellinger an apology? No. He drew a two-out walk. So, he got so, Chris so, Taylor to the plate. Yes, he did something nice. Without you know? him, we'd still be playing. After that season, I can't, I'm not apologizing that guy. It's all about the playoffs, Ed. The regular uh, season doesn't matter. It's all about the playoffs. He had a nice game. Stole a couple bags. Uh, had a, I mean, he, he had a got nice game. Got on base game. twice. Yeah, he did. He had a nice game. Uh, I can't apologize to him, just like I'm sure you're going to ask me about Dave Roberts. Oh, you have to give Dave Roberts credit. Come on. I'm going to give Doc a little credit. I'm going to give Doc a little credit. Went out. Scherzer, looked, uh, Scherzer wanted to really deck him at that point um, <laughs> because he's very competitive. But uh, when Joe Kelly, when that happened, as Adam Hill tweeted, because Adam Hill has to give me a hard time about everything, there was a little nerves uh, in the house. There was a little nerves. 
that was the only time there were any nerves? I feel like they were always nerves. Oh, there's always nerves. Are yeah. there nerves when... When they went up 1-0, it was just yeah. like I said, hey, what's on Netflix? Oh, she goes, oh, God. my show's on. So Dave Roberts pulls Scherzer in the fifth inning with one out, brings in Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly gets out of it. And then none of the relievers that Dave Roberts brought into the game gave up any runs. No. They, they, I think they all gave up a hit or a walk, except for Joe Kelly. Uh, I, the, the Dodgers did not have a three-up, three-down inning the right. entire game, which is amazing. There are a lot of dots on the screen. <laughs> there, there were a lot, a lot of, dots, of dots and uh, only gave up one, though. But also, he pulls the double switch, which allows Blake Trinan to pitch two innings. Or, well, he didn't get through the second inning, right, but to get, get five outs instead of six outs. And it brought Chris Taylor into the game. And Chris Taylor's the one that hit the walk-off home run. Like, Dave Roberts did everything Dave Roberts did worked out. All can't of the biggest you. moments, Dave Roberts' decision worked out for the Dodgers. Yeah, I can't lie to him. i got to give him some credit. I'll, get, I'll give him some credit. Not Bellinger, but I'll give Doc <laughs> Roberts some credit. Okay, Bellinger. but you got to give Kinley Jansen some credit because that, 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 was, that was a really good strikeout. Yeah. He was lights out. He man. looked was, good. Wait, what was the stat? I should have looked it up. The stat the announcers gave that... It, was it in the postseason? Guys have stolen like forty something straight oh, yeah. bases off yeah. of Kinley. Yeah, and I thought Hit the they guy were, at the plate. They oh were, my uh, god! I mean, it's not that bad. I do think he was right that it's easier to stay as close, uh, steal off closers, but not to that level. It's forty something straight off of Kinley Jansen in the postseason. And Molina, they said earlier in the game, threw out like forty two percent of the runners this year, which is really good for a catcher. Will Smith can't throw out me, so the <laughs> fact that the fact that he allowed forty something straight steals, I I guess I didn't. I no, that's a big number though. That's amazing. It is. That's amazing that Will Smith can't throw out one guy, uh, and it's not like Kenley Jansen's throwing seventy five mile hour curves. I mean, the ball gets there pretty quick, and Will Smith can't throw out anybody. And I love Will Smith because I think he in four or five years is going to be terrific. But he can't throw anyone. He's out. terrific now. He's, a good, he's a good player. He's solid. He's a catcher who's a great hitter. There's like three of those in the sport. I'm hard on these guys, Tyler. I know. I'm very hard on these guys. There's only like three good hitting catchers hey, in baseball. I was the only probably Dodger fan last night screaming at the TV when I saw them celebrating with champagne. I said, hey, flush it and get on with the flush, flush, it. flush it. Get on with the get on with the preparation for the Giants. It's gonna be a short week. And your pitching depth is nothing right now, so don't worry about champagne after a wild card game. I am pro celebration. I do enjoy in baseball the teams get to celebrate after every, after they clinch and then after every round. One it game. Is, it is a little odd that the team that just won the World Series, yeah, that's the thing, is celebrating with yes. champagne after exactly. winning a wild card game. A little strange. Yes. Well, <laughs> did you guys enjoy Max Scherzer after the game? What I have sound. Do? Oh, okay. okay. Keelong told me a couple days ago. Oh, my God. You got to get rid of this echo. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. (laughs) How much champagne did Scherzer have? Oh he's not. Gosh. He's not pitching till game three, so hopefully he'll be sober. So he's by the then. one that can drink. Yeah, all he's night. the one. Hopefully Bueller wasn't pounding champagne <laughs> last night because I think he's probably pitching the opener. Well, wait, who was the Yankees uh, guy who threw a perfect game like hungover? I mean, maybe was that David Wells? Yeah, I think it so. Maybe, Wells, maybe, yeah. maybe it's uh... hungover and David Wells and perfect game sounds completely right. The uh, <laughs> when the Astros clinched. The AL West this year, it was like the third to last game of the season or something. Champagne. Dusty Baker went over and took the drink out of uh, Fromber Valdez's hand and said, you're starting tomorrow. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I, I, they just won the World Series. They win one wild card game. And you're watching last night. And 
I'm like, what are you forfeiting game one? <laughs> it's only a best of five. This thing's not a best of seven. Get ready and prepare yourself. And the game Stop is tomorrow too. too. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's there's tomorrow. a lot of time off. No, exactly. They got to make that long travel tra- travel to uh, San Francisco. Get on the plane. That long plane ride. It's gonna be the quietest plane ride. Oh, <laughs> like just gonna be over? a bunch of thirty year old yeah. dudes just, just drunk. snoring drunk. Do you enjoy the Dodgers? Like, what part of the Dodgers bring you joy? They drive me nuts. Right. I'm like, you're criticizing their celebration. You can't watch their games. <laughs> like, what part of it actually brings you joy? Winning. <laughs> but do you actually, like, where's their, oh, how much yeah, joy no, was there no. when Chris Taylor hit the walk-off home run? My level of joy? Yeah. Uh, did you see me at the house? No, that's okay. what I'm curious because all no. I hear is I can't watch him play, and I'm mad at Dave Roberts and I might Cody as well Bellinger have been Phil no Nevin waving guys home. <laughs> My arms were going so fast uh, 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 that I was excited when he hit it. Okay. Right when he hit it, you knew. So I just jumped up and and the wife goes, "All right, let's turn to Netflix." I said, "No, I've got to see the post game if they do anything." That's and then right. I was yelling at them for doing champagne. See, I'm just, it's just like, where's the joy? Like. I get, mad. I get mad at the Astros losing, too, but I'm also yeah. like, I'm very excited today. I'm very excited for a postseason sure. game. I've got There's a lot of joy that comes with it, too. I just feel like yeah. we only get you only get the negative emotions of it. Your joy becomes my nerves. <laughs> Your joy becomes my nerves. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they have, you know, what, 5% chance against the Giants? Five. Oh my God! They're, no pitching. Depth. Are they going to be favored? What's? The, I haven't seen the odds. Are they favored well, to win the yeah, series? Yeah, I guess yesterday if they were still favored to win the World Series, they, I'd assume I assume they're going to be favored to win the series. I would too. So five percent chance. No pitching Listen depth. To you. Who's who's pitching Game Four? It's a disaster. Bullpen Nobody game? has a fourth pitcher. Come Bullpen, on. Popin came in Game Four. Who's pitching Game Four for the Giants? It's irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll see. You're taking deep breaths over there. I won't even see you till Game Three, which will be good because the first two would be. Oh, yeah, we do get a lot this weekend. And going to the Aces tomorrow night, so I'll be following it on the t- on the uh, laptop, so people at the Aces will think I'm a complete lunatic. Dodgers have the Friday primetime game? They play Friday I night? I assume they would. Okay. I mean, the Astros only play during the day. Yeah. They play at 1 o'clock today and 11 o'clock tomorrow. You're excited? I mean... I don't have a real job, so I love that they play at <laughs> 1 o'clock and 11 o'clock. If I had a real job, I'd be furious. Uh, well... There you go. All right. Why is I, I got to ask you this? Uh, why is Dave Roberts tampering before the game? Did you see his uh, like right before first pitch interview? No, I did not. Oh, he's waving at Juan Soto behind home plate. Oh, he did was, you see Juan Soto in the yeah, jersey? Yeah, it's Juan Soto sitting there with their hitting coach apparently. But also Scott Boris, his agent, is right next to him. And in the pregame interview. Uh, I don't remember who was interviewing him, but was like, hey, who are you waving at, Dave? And he was like, oh, Juan Soto and Scott Boris are right there. Like, what the hell are you doing? He what, mentioned you, Boris? Yeah, you got, he, he did. He mentioned Boris by name. And it's like, what are you going to you going to just steal him away, too? You should know more than anyone. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, well, it's tampering oh, on well. TV. I'd find him. I'd kick the whole team out of the playoffs. Ridiculous. Wouldn't be surprised if he was fined, actually. Maybe. I mean, he didn't actually say anything. He was just asked, who were Is you Soto waving at? UFA? No, I think he's under team control for a while. Okay, so what? Yeah, I guess it's like you know that. I I think it's more tampering if he if he's up and you're saying, "Hey, Juan, do you like the do you like the park and the dogs? Well, you if have he as was, many dogs as you want." If he was an unrestricted free agent, it wouldn't be tampering at all because the season's over. True. He can tamper with ah, him if he's under contract. For he is. Uh, just... He's arbitration eligible for the next three years. Yeah, so waving team at him control is not for a big three deal. Years. God, Juan Soto's twenty two. He's. So good. Yeah. He's 22 years old. The guy's incredible. But yeah, that's who the Dodgers are going to buy next, isn't it? That When they lose to the Giants, they're going to go out and be like, <laughs> all right, who can we give up for Juan Soto? That worries me because the 
in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking there's a great chance Scherzer goes back there. They're very yeah. close to those guys. I'm like, I, I think wait, you worried the Dodgers back. aren't going to have pitching if they lose Max Scherzer. Yeah, May coming off the eight, the, the elbow. We know about Bauer. So yeah, I'm a little. Yeah, you'll concerned. find people. The trade. <laughs> you for just people. assume we buy people. You do. <laughs> Did you see the trade deadline? The guy hitting in the three hole and the starting pitcher weren't even well, on that your wasn't team. Our, that wasn't our fault. Washington said, "Hey, you want us to throw this guy in? He's going to win the batting title and steal like a hundred bases." Okay, like <laughs> it wasn't a big decision. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Raiders because Derek Carr has responded to Joey Bosa. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. I just thought it was unfortunate that he'd even think to say it. Maybe he's just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off. So good job for that. But that's not a bad thing either. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Does Derek Carr need to cut his hair now? Uh-huh. Why? Because we said he's 3-0 with hair. Well, he lost, yeah. He was undefeated not... with the with growing the hair out. Now yeah. he lost, got called out by Joey Bosa, didn't play well. Maybe he needs to go back to the buzz cut. Got to cut it again? Yeah, get the Clippers out. Or do you give it another game, see what happens well, against the Bears? Based on how many times he's lost in the past, you'd think he'd start wearing sleeves, and he never started doing that. Yeah, he's so. never worn sleeves. I don't think he has a shirt with sleeves. Why would you? It's Derek Carr. It's warm here. He lives in the desert. He yeah, doesn't need true. sleeves anymore. Yeah, he's got still got the long hair though. Yeah, it's weird watching him with come in with the hair because for so long he had none. Yeah, so he comes to his media room. Got to cut it again. Uh, listen, if Khalil Mack has like six sacks, Derek Carr's got to cut his hair. <laughs> yes, if Camille, Khalil Mack has six sacks, they have bigger problems than we already know they have in the offense. <laughs> so yesterday, Derek Carr talked to the media and he was asked about Joey Bosa's comments. If you don't remember, Joey Bosa. Uh, basically said that Derek Carr folds up when he gets hit, folds up when he's under pressure, and is a soft quarterback if you get to him enough in a game. Uh, so Derek Carr was asked about that yesterday. He had a couple of different answers. Here they are. Maybe. Maybe not. Apparently, if two seconds. I love Joey, and he knows that. You know, we, we've gone back and forth. He was probably mad because I was talking a lot of crap to him during the game. It was an emotional day for them. I saw a lot of things about their whole team after, you know. Um, and uh, good thing it's a new week. He's entitled to that opinion and uh, saying those things. But it's almost like he watched the game in reverse. You know what I'm saying? Um, the game, game that I watched, you know, we came out and fought a little bit after they got after us a little bit up front. So um, fine. You know, I, the opinions I care about is what Gru and Oli told me. You know, when I came in the building yesterday and today, and uh, it will always be that way, especially what my teammates think about me. Um, but we'll see them again, um, and he's entitled to say that. He's a great player, great dude. Just don't, I just don't think he watched the game in the same order I did. I, I just thought it was unfortunate that he'd even think to say it. Maybe he's just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off, so good job for that. Um, but that's not a bad thing either. What does the whole watching the game in reverse comment mean? Well, I think it means I do I – do, know that it means he thought they well they did i mean how couldn't they play better in the second <laughs> half they barely gained a yard in the first half that he was playing much better in the second half so why say it then i don't think one has to do with the other you could be playing great and you could still have that picture where he's coiling up when the and you know covington's like 10 yards from him so the fact that he played better in the second half and they were driving to tie the game 
what does it have to do with that specific third down play where he kind of gives up on the play before the guy even gets to him? I don't, I don't really know what one has to do with the other. So, all right. If that's what it means simply that Derek Carr and the offense played better in the second half. I don't know what else it would mean. One, Derek Carr is basically admitting that he folded in the first half. True. Because he's saying, well, he watched it in reverse. I folded in the first half, not the second half. But two, they didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. What's he talking like? It's not like they went on some awesome run in the fourth quarter, too, and the offense couldn't be stopped. They didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. And that play, that the play that's been highlighted the most is Derek Carr folding up under pressure. That happened after they had scored 14 points. Mm-hmm. That happened in the fourth quarter. So Washington reverse or no, that big moment happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I did not understand the Washington reverse comment. Did not get that at all. Like does Derek, so Derek Carr wants credit for coming out after having one of the worst halves of all time and putting up two touchdowns. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what else that would have meant right. because he said it reverse order, meaning he, he didn't say anything about the first half. He said it about the second half when the char- when the Raiders were better. But again, I'll go back to my original comment. What does it have to do with the third down and three from the you know inside the thirty driving to tie the game, and you kind of coil up before the guy gets there? I don't know. You could play a look. He could have played an incredible second half, and in the in the moment that play. I'm telling you, Bosa would have still said what he said because he specifically yeah. mentioned that play. Right. So and I don't know what reverse order. I mean, I know what it means, but it just doesn't go. It doesn't go with the narrative of what Joey Bosa said. Now, the idea that Joey Bosa was saying this just to get under Derek Carr's skin, and that Derek Carr is is uh, pissed off about it. Do you think this actually like is is going to be successfully used as like bulletin board material? Like, are we going to have? Yep, this quote is going to inspire Derek Carr in the offensive line to be better. I mean, in their minds, yes, but in reality, I'm not so sure. You're telling me the next time they play the Chargers, they're going to stop Joey Bosa because he said this? I don't <laughs> well, know if that's just I don't ignore. Know if that's just true. ignore the Chargers. Just the next three or four games of the season, like no, because we talked yesterday about how bad the offensive line is. But Carr played well in the first three games, despite that. true. So, true. like, does it? I don't know. Like, does it make Derek Carr? Is he going to stand in the pocket again and take the shots down the field? Oh, or, I'm sorry. Or are we going to see the same? Like, is, is this quote itself mm. going to encourage him to be more like weeks one through three? Or like we saw, or is he just going to revert back to week four? How did he hear about this if he doesn't listen to anything? Wait, well, that's true. He doesn't read anything. This thing, they were on the plane pretty fast. We are actually laughing after the game. They get, you know, they get on their plane, which they should pretty fast after the game to go home. And we said in the press box, what are the odds? This thing's on 90% of the phones right now in that plane, like 100%. Oh, yeah. They're all on their phones immediately after the oh, game. Yeah. So you, that's one of the first things they said. That picture was everywhere. So, yeah, they, he knew it right away. Of course he's on his phone. Of course he reads things. I mean, he wouldn't be human if he didn't. If he was this robot who never read anything, who wants that? I mean, you should know what people say. So you were covering the game. You did not get to watch or, more importantly, listen to ESPN's broadcast. No. The amount of times that uh, Steve Young said it during the pregame show, Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy talked about it during the actual game broadcast. They kept saying how Derek Carr doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care about what John Gruden has to say. He doesn't care what anybody else has to say. They kept that was like the biggest talking point of the entire game about they said he didn't care what Gruden said. They, They talked about him not caring about what anybody had to say, whether it was Gruden or whether it was the media, like just he didn't care anymore. 
That seems really Gr- bad for Gruden, a quarterback. Yeah, Gruden surprised me. We've heard him time and time again say he doesn't care about the media and doesn't read anything, which nobody believes because when you say that that often, you do read and you care what the media thinks. I mean, you and I'm sure I asked someone yesterday how much how much do you think he reads, and he said they said well if he doesn't he knows what's happening because whether it's his brothers or whoever they tell him and show him everything that's written about him, everything that's said. So no one has ever believed he, he he's given up on that and doesn't care. No one has. Gruden surprises me, though, because he talks about Gruden in such a like respectful, elevated way. I can't believe he doesn't listen to Gruden. Well, the broadcast, that was like their explanation as to why Derek Carr was playing so well. That like that was that was what they that was their narrative was like Derek Carr doesn't care anymore. That's, he played pretty well last year, right? What they were, I don't know. They were trying to be like, well, he doesn't have a contract. Well, he does for next year, but they're like, right. he doesn't have a long term contract, so he's just playing for himself. He doesn't care about anybody else, and that's why he's better this year. Uh, it was very bizarre, and there was the uh, whole weather delay, so they had to fill forty minutes. And true, that's, that's like true. all they could talk about for forty minutes was that Derek Carr doesn't care anymore. I was like, eh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He cared about Joey Bosa because he said he pissed him off. Right, he cares, so, he cares of course he cares. quite a bit. Why and why wouldn't he care? That's the other thing that you want to talk to or say to him. Like, don't go out of your way to say this. One, nobody believes it. Nobody believes you don't care what people write or say. And in the end, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's like the coach is the whole cliche. I don't read it. Of course you do. And by the way, you should because you want to know what people are saying about your team. So I never believe when coaches say I don't read anything. And I don't believe when Derek Carr says I don't read anything, or at least I don't know what's being said. You know, does he – I mean – I know he picks up the paper because he knew Tom Brady was wearing his uniform. <laughs> Either that or someone showed it to him. So, yeah, I think I think he cares. I'm not going to rip that. I think he probably should care. And, again, with Bosa, he said he pissed him off. But if your question is, do I think he goes back to the first three games, i got to be honest with you, I think it depends on who they're playing. Yeah, this week. The I mean, Bears this week he needs to go back good. to the first three games. Bears pass rush has been excellent this year. So, there's a lot of concern. It might look worse than his week best four friends going to yeah. be rushing him this week. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of concern that this week might actually look worse for the offensive line than the past week did because the bears, the bears front four has been phenomenal this season. Like they've been great at getting to the quarterback. So a lot of concern that they might not have a very good offensive line play again. One thing though, that I do love about the Joey Bosa quote, he said it about a divisional opponent after the first matchup of the season, which means they do play again. And Carr yes. even mentioned that yesterday. That's the best kind of trash talk when you know you're going to play the team again. Yeah, because I don't play think him Joey again. Bose is overly concerned. I don't think he is either with Alex Leatherwood out there. No. But it's the best kind because whenever they well, play the Chargers, we'll again, have a week more stories. Right when they <laughs> play the Chargers again, to. that quote's going to be brought yes. up over oh, and over oh, yeah. and over. Absolutely, especially if Carr continues to do that. If we've got an if we've got another handful of games before they play the Chargers again, where Carr has moments where he crumples under pressure right. like that then it's going to get brought up again. It's going to be like, yeah, so Joey Bosa was right. Or- I love, like, within five minutes or say, Carr's talking to me to saying, you know, I came in here. I can't tell you how many of my teammates came up to me and said, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to get that guy again. We'll play them again and cared about it. And then Max Crosby comes and says, oh, we don't care about that. We flushed it. Nobody's <laughs> talking about that. It doesn't matter to us. We don't care what Joey Bosa said. It says, apparently you do because your quarterback just told us all of you were coming up to him saying, don't worry about it. We got him next time. Uh Players, you gotta love players. They're gonna get their situations. lies together. Yes, you gotta exactly. Get their exactly. lies together. You gotta talk to each other before you go in there. Unbelievable. All right, coming up next, yeah, find out with us what happens next. But we do have some tickets to John Fogarty soon. Last couple of weeks, we've had some some good conversations internally. It's led to making a decision to move with Justin as a starter. 
You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Poor Andy. Congratulations, Matt Nagy. Finally made the right decision to start Justin Fields and not play this game of charades where Andy Dalton is his starting quarterback when healthy, despite not even being healthy. But Justin Fields has been named the Bears starter, so he will start against the Raiders this week. Uh, He looked horrific, as the entire offense did in his first start (laughs) against the Browns. They played the Lions this past week, and he looked actually very good. He was uh, very good throwing the ball down the field against the Lions. Now, it was the Lions who are terrible, uh, but Justin Fields it looked, at least looked like a competent quarterback in that game. So, listen, we go into this game on Sunday. I think both pass rushes are going to be the most dominant part of this game. Like, I think we're talking about a lot of sacks for both the Bears and the Raiders in this game. Well, we're both selfish because we said two weeks ago, at least let him start. Let's we go. We don't really care. Don't care about, about Andy Dalton. Else. We just want him to start so we can see him play live. Uh, oh, Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited he's starting to watch him, and I think you are right in terms of the defensive lines. Um, I don't know what to expect from the guy. I mean, he's really, really good against Detroit, and he's you know he's really, really bad against Cleveland, and I think the Raiders are probably somewhere in the middle of those two uh, defensively. So I won't, if you're telling me he's going to have a decent game, I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised the other way. Um, I do think he'll probably have a good game. I, it's just boy, if the, if Crosby knows guys don't get don't get home on him and don't get off, he could he could hurt them. That goes back and that you know turns around. It goes right back to how's the offensive line for the Raiders, because we kind of know what's going to happen. Like you said on both defensive lines, if if they don't protect Carr, uh, they're they're kind of a live dog here, right? Four four and a half. I think they're kind of live here if if Carr is not protected. Both offensive lines are bad. Uh, But Ted Wynn of The Athletic, he tweeted this out about Justin Fields against the Lions. On plays with max protection, Justin Fields was 5 of 5 for 172 yards against the Lions. So basically, the Bears figured out, hey, we can't block anybody. Why don't we put a tight end or a running back or both in to block for Justin Fields and let him throw down the field to just three guys or four guys instead of five. And when they did that, he had time to throw and he was very good throwing down the field. So again, it was the lions who are not good at like maybe this year football. They're not good at football. The Raiders, the Raiders pass rush has been one of the best in the NFL this season, but Gus Bradley doesn't blitz. If the Bears decide, hey, we're keeping a tight end or a running back in on every single play to max protect, or both if they keep you know seven guys in to max protect, will the Raiders be able to get to Justin Fields at all? Because listen, if the, Bradley doesn't blitz, so if they're only sending four and the Bears have six guys back to pass blocking, sure, you'll have occasional one-on-one matchups, but for the most part, you're probably not getting to Fields a whole lot. And then it becomes a question of, can you cover down the field for three or four seconds, which given the injuries, given that they signed the Brandon face on guy or yeah. whoever that is from the Chargers to the active roster, that's a big question. So I'm, I'm curious how, how much the bears max protect given how little the Raiders actually blitz. I was a little bummed yesterday. We didn't get face the kid they signed because two to two hours ago, he was with the chargers and Bosa was saying that. And then now he's a car that was, he one of the guys who came up and gave car hug and said, don't worry about that guy. That guy's a jerk. Uh, yeah, who's starting 
what, Amik Robertson? Who's starting opposite Casey yeah. Hayward? That's a huge, huge deal. I think Trayvon Mullins, I, mean, I felt bad for Trayvon Mullins yesterday. This is just in, when you're carted off and the next day you say something or two days later on Twitter where it's all in God's oh, hands, yes, that's not. usually not a good sign that he's returning anytime soon. <laughs> yes. When he's when they go with it's all in God's hands, and you know, you'll you'll decide what's gonna happen here. It's like, okay, I felt bad for the guy because like that's not a usually that's not a good sign. Yeah, is it Amik Robertson? I mean, they could be in a lot of trouble if they can't get to the guy because secondary wise, I mean I don't know how smart Matt Nagy is because he hasn't started this guy full-time the whole year, but he's smart enough to watch <laughs> film and say, we don't want to throw to that side of the yeah. field. Let's just throw to the other side of the field. And I think I think that is like the Bears' path to success in this game is go with the max protection. Like always, always keep a tight end or a running right. back in to pass block because the Raiders have a good pass rush and let Justin Fields try to beat this secondary down the field because Casey Hayward's been awesome. But outside of that, we know Abram's not very good in coverage. Like they've moved him to be more of a linebacker this year. Yeah, and Trayvon Merrick. Excuse me, that was uh, excuse me, that was Damon. Right, right, right. Trayvon Merrick has been groins aren't very good usually. Trayvon Merrick has been fine, but Trayvon Merrick hasn't been anything like unbelievable. And then you don't even know who the other cornerback is. It's it's a secondary that if you're the Bears, that's what you should be testing. You should be trying to push the ball down the field. And the other part for the Bears is David Montgomery's out for like four or five weeks. So. They're on to Damian Williams as their lead running back. So I'm curious how much they actually run the ball with Damian Williams in this game. So that's that's sort of their path. The question will be, assume, again, assuming Matt Nagy actually does keep some max protection in there. Who knows? He might say, yeah, that worked once. Let's never do it again. But if he does do that, can Ngakwe, can Crosby, can any of the, you know, Solomon Thomas or any of the guys in the middle get pressure, even though the Bears are keeping more guys in? That'll be a big question of this game. Did you see, I'm sure you did, the reports yesterday that they're moving Leatherwood to guard? Were they reports or were they just Twitter rumors? Well, I saw people that I've no, never seen before on Twitter saying, there were Alex couple, Leatherwood at guard. There are a couple people where it's always 50-50, true or not. But internally, uh, word back at one point didn't didn't confirm or deny, which usually means they're at least looking at parts of practice we saw they don't line up. Because we're taking off the field yeah. when, before, anything, uh, <laughs> before anything serious happens. Like, all right, you saw them stretch. Now get off the field. Get the hell um, out of yeah. here. Uh, so, which would what move Brandon Parker to right tackle? So, <sighs> all right. There's a couple things. If Alex Leatherwood is actually being moved to guard, number one, that is a brutal sign for your first round pick because yeah, you signed him as the right tackle. Right. You you draft a guy in the first round to start as your right tackle. Four games in, you're already moving him out yeah. of that position. But like, and even just looking long term. The big comparison we've always heard is, well, Colton Miller struggled in his first year, Mm -hmm. and now Colton Miller's fine. Colton Miller never got moved. They just lived with Colton Miller. They're not willing to live with Alex Otherwood. That means he's worse than Colton Miller. The other part is Brandon Parker is the answer at right tackle. That's I think that's even more of an indictment of where they're at than moving Leatherwood inside, that you're now putting Brandon Parker at a tackle spot Against any rush, never mind this rush. So to give you uh, pro football focus numbers on Brandon Parker, uh, last year he was rated as the 77th out of 79 best tackles in football. Uh, He hasn't been good his entire career. Like, yeah, he hasn't been good his entire career. And so if you you told me they had another solid right tackle that they were going to plug in, then great, yeah, put that guy in, but... Are we sure Brandon Parker is better than Alex Otherwood? Because I'm not. No, like we're not. So 
if that's true, if they're moving him inside, I don't know that it but changes much. They must think he is, or they wouldn't move Leatherwood inside. Oh, it's it's not good. Okay, let me ask you something else, because, again, we haven't seen them line up, but someone asked me yesterday, and is it time to say, you know what, Nick Martin will give you a shot. You played six years in this league yeah. and put him in at center. He's not going to go in there and cower. I mean, he's played six years at center in the league. He'll know what to do. Yeah, I think I think that one's a little bit more Well, that one a little more makes do. sense. Because here, cause here's the thing. Nick Martin has proven he's a yeah, he's an average, NFL competent, yeah. whatever, NFL center. Yeah. Right? He's played a lot of center in his career. Um, last year or two years ago when he actually played a lot, 17th best center in the NFL. Out of thirty-five, so dead I think average. You have to make that move right in the middle. That one, that one to me is an easy call because again, Brandon Parker coming in. Brandon Parker has never been good. We've never right. seen Brandon Parker as a good tackle in the NFL. We've seen Nick Martin in the NFL be a good center, it's be fine. a competent center. That's an obvious upgrade. Parker over Leatherwood's not an upgrade, but Martin over what Andre James has been is absolutely yeah. an upgrade. So that to me is an easy one. Yes, you I go think to you Nick have Martin. to make that move. Yeah, because I, I will say Derek Carr wasn't jumping for his snaps as much against the Chargers. So no, it looks like Andre James improved a little bit look, there. He's ranked last out of last, right? <laughs> last out of I last. I mean, he's last out of, he, he's 32 out of 32, right? Or is he 31? I think he's 33. He's, it's uh 33 out of 33. Okay. 33 out of 33. So I, I move, I don't know. I agree with you on the Leatherwood move. I don't know how much it makes a sense because of who's replacing him. I think Martin's an easy move and I'm sorry. And I, you know, this whole stuff you could probably hear as well. Do you want to ruin Andre James confidence? Look, this is the NFL. And if you're ranked last at where you're playing and the major issue on your team is your offensive line. Sorry. It's the NFL improve. And and the other important part is like the comparison to Colton Miller with Alex Leatherwood, right? The Raiders, even though they never really said this, they were rebuilding, right? They traded away. Right. They were in a rebuilding stage. When you're rebuilding, you can live with your left tackle or right tackle who you drafted in the first round having some problems. You can live with that because, yeah, yeah, we're not actually trying to make the playoffs. They are absolutely all in on trying to make the playoffs this year. You can't afford for Alex Leatherwood to be this bad or Andre James at the center spot. So there's no idea of, oh, we're just going to live with the growing pains. There can't be growing pains, especially when your quarterback's getting called out for crumpling under pressure. You got to stop that. And, And if there's an option... And Nick Martin at center is, would be a good option. I would. You got to do it. it. I would switch it. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, the Brandon Parker right tackle thing is more about like Brandon Parker. Do you want Brandon Parker more than you want John Simpson or Jermaine Elmanor? Right. That's the real conversation. That's and again, why I'm a little surprised because I thought Elmanor had played halfway decently. They've probably both been better than Alex Leatherwood yes. this year. Like they probably both yes. have. So that's more the question there because you're still keeping Alex Leatherwood. unless. Alex Leatherwood is moving to backup guard, which would well, be... Well, that's the thing. It just said guard. Right. It didn't... Yeah. didn't it didn't specify what, you know, where in the depth <laughs> chart he'll be at guard. I, I There was enough, uh, enough little fire yesterday around that place where I don't think we'll be surprised at all if it happens yeah. that, you know, you just... And I, I guess why I understand why you don't put it out there. I mean, you don't put out anything the week of a game, especially if you're making kind of major changes, but... I don't, I, I'm far more into Nick Martin's the easy choice at this point. Yes. All the other stuff is, I don't think is going to make you much better. Nick Martin makes you better. Yeah. And that's, that's one I don't think is a question at all. No, I don't think that's a matter. And I don't, I don't really blame the Raiders if they put Brandon Parker at right tackle and Leatherwood at guard just to try just, just to, to see, see because right. they're not getting good results out. as is. So it can't really, it can't really get much worse. No. Like Alex Leatherwood's the last ranked tackle in football. Okay, Brandon Parker's the second to worst tackle right. in football. If that's He's what it is. He's a little is, better. Then okay, I guess that's good. But yeah, it can't really get worse for the offensive line. All right, here we go. We've got a pair of tickets 
to go see John Fogarty Travel and Band coming up on October 10th at the Encore Theater at the Wind. John Fogarty Travel and Band, a pair of tickets, 702 704-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100 if you want to go see John Fogarty at the win. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. At least three or four conversations with uh, Shad. Messages loud and clear, and I agree with. At at any point over this whole last few days, uh, did you ever feel... Distraught enough to consider resigning at all? No, I believe so, and that's obviously that's very personal. I don't want to get into our personal life, but uh, 37 years we've been together, and it's been awesome. And uh, the speed bump's not going to get in the way of that. It's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Speed bump! Congratulations to Daryl. He won a pair of tickets to go see John Fogarty travel and band. We'll have another pair to give away a little bit later in the show. Yeah. More like entering a roundabout early or someone coming. More than a speed bump, I would think. You get a lot of those in Vegas. I've done that before. You have? <laughs> a few not, times. I, I, oh, Ed's I, talking about driving. Yes. Not, I mean, not being caught on video. There's been a few times I've guess the wrong way where you know in the roundabout you don't know if they're going to turn or keep coming your way and i've just guessed i've looked at the car and oh guessed my God. <laughs> you're the reason we can't have roundabouts at every intersection even though they are proven to be more efficient than actual I, intersections you're the oh, reason Ed. it's you does. it's you there was a town in germany where they took down all the traffic signs and it actually decreased <laughs> like accidents and uh Fatal crashes. Ed is the reason that we need that big stop sign in Germany. When when we were first going to move here and took the job, my wife came out here to find a house, and all she said to me when she got back is, "Look, there's these circle things that I'm not happy for you." (laughs) I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Well, you can enter at three different spots," and she goes, "This won't be good for you." Roundabouts are great. They're the best. There weren't many roundabouts in San Diego. I just had to go straight. (laughs) (laughs) So. On Urban Meyer, there was an interesting story uh, done by Brett McMurphy where he polled a bunch of athletic directors in college football and asked them, would you hire Urban Meyer? 73% of the athletic directors that he talked to said they would not hire Urban Meyer. Uh, One of the quotes was, are you bleeping me? He has mental problems. How does a guy that makes $10 million a year go to a bar and put his hands up a woman's crotch? Um, unfortunately, these are all anonymous quotes, so we can't attribute that oh, yeah. to an actual AD. Uh, but I think what's maybe... Desiree Reed, Francois. What's maybe more interesting, 27% of athletic directors said they would hire Urban Meyer. And when you break it down to just the group of five, 38% of group of five athletic directors said they would hire Urban Meyer. Are we believing 73%, even though if they think it's anonymous... They don't want it somehow leaking out that they say they'd hire him because I cannot believe that many would not take one of the greatest college coaches ever. I just don't know. I don't 73 know is a believe. big number. 73 is. is a big number for him. It's it's an easy thing to say right now when there's sure. no yeah. legitimate chance your school is going to hire yeah. Urban Meyer that, of course, we wouldn't hire Urban Meyer. Right. Why would we do that? That sounds stupid. Right. Uh, he put his hands on a woman's crotch. Of course, we wouldn't hire that. But. I, I would be curious for all these ADs if they were in a legitimate spot where their coach left or their coach right. had to get fired and Urban Meyer was like, you know, I've really wanted to coach at Missouri or something. Would that AD say, let's go? Would Desiree Reed Francois <laughs> say, let's go? Um, 
that would be an interesting thing because it's Urban Meyer. I mean, as as much as we've made fun of him, as disastrous as his Jaguars tenure has been, he's, he's one of the best college coaches we've ever. ever seen. And if you had a chance to hire him and you were, again, if you're like a big time program that can do better than Urban Meyer, sure, you do better than Urban Meyer. But if you're like a middling power conference team or hell, if you're a group of five team and Urban Meyer needs like, ah, I need to go rehabilitate myself and coach where it's well, not such a bright spotlight. Why not? You go coach football in Italy, right? Does that, that still exist? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, isn't that what uh, isn't that what Patino did? You just go over to he Italy. Went to Greece. Greece. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he went oh, to Greece. I, yeah. One of you go over to Europe and coach for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I don't believe 73 percent. Now, you make a great point that it's easy to say no. Now, it is. he's still the NFL head coach. He might yeah. last. I mean, they say he might last. He might be good from here on out and he might be there three or four years. But he needed I, a scandal. Yes. I don't believe 73% at all. If if push comes to shove and you can get him, you take him yeah. in the college. You do. He's, you know, Saban. I mean, you start talking about the greatest college coaches ever. If you start with Saban, he's not far down the list. So let's just assume that 73% of ADs would say no. Let's just assume that Urban Meyer's. That, that number's right? That it, that it ends poorly enough in Jacksonville that there's enough college administrators that say, no, we can't hire this guy. That's bad on my rep. There's enough ADs like Desiree Reed Francois that are like, I just cannot hire somebody that has that much baggage, that Who, much by potential the way, to blow I don't off. think she'd fire him given, or excuse me, I don't think she'd fire him given what he did. No, I don't think she would either. No. Let's just say it's true, and, and nobody really wants to hire Urban Meyer. I would, know where you're going with this. UNLV would have to hire him, wouldn't they? We didn't hire Patino when we should have. Oh, that's a good point. UNLV would have to hire Urban Meyer. Well, here, here's the. I'll give you one Who's slight difference. That's a good question. <laughs> I'll give you one slight difference on Patino and UNLV and potentially Urban Meyer and UNLV. You can make the argument that UNLV basketball can be good without Patino is the head coach. Yes. You can make the argument yes. that like, oh, Kevin Kruger might get them back, yeah. right? Like you can make that yeah. argument that UNLV basketball is good enough, has been good enough in the past. Has that, enough tradition. That you yes. can get this program to, you know, the top of the Mountain West and in the NCAA tournament on a regular basis. The football program has never been that. Like Harvey Hyde, I guess, in well, 40 years ago was as close as UNLV has ever been to any sort of consistent winner. And then they had to vacate all those wins. So... UNLV football, how are you going to be anything close to relevant? Urban Meyer would give you the best shot. And as we have seen in the last month or so in college sports, UNLV is so far out of the question for conference realignment that the AAC would rather have Air Force and Colorado State. Right. If you hire Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer actually turns, turns UNLV around. around to the point where they're going to bowl games and who knows, maybe competing for Mountain West title, Yes, it's Urban Meyer. Yes, you're getting a lot of bad publicity, a lot of bad headlines about hiring Urban Meyer. But you might be in the conversation for yeah. getting a, a spot in the power conference. The coaches show live from the Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, had, I had to fight, like, flip oh, no, through the a, Rolodex of, like, who's not a sponsor? Who's no, not a sponsor? Great. You know how bad it is over there? This is the 14th time we've had to mention Harvey Hyde as the last guy who won. No, it you're is. exactly right. No, you're exactly right. He's he's the guy that we... Harvey Hyde gets more mentions on this show than anybody. He won like 10 games I twice, know, right? I know. Yes. It was incredible. He's How the did he guy. do that? He was better than the heart of Dallas Bowl.